Sri Vishnu Sahasranama, name 706, Satta. So we'll see in this section of names, many of them begin with the word Sat. We've had Sadgati, Satkriti, and now Satta. Uh, the general meaning of this name, as given by the commentators, is existence. There is a meaning which I found in the, or a Sanskrit to English dictionary, that it means excellence. But none of the commentators that I've come across have used this uh, interpretation. Certainly, he is excellent. Everything he does is perfect at the highest level, or, or actually not even at the highest level, at, at beyond any level that we can imagine. His beauty is excellent. His power is excellent. His behavior is excellent. Everything about him is completely perfect. But the main uh, understanding given to the name by the commentators is existence. The word sat refers to existence. The commentators in this regard, they quote from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 17, chapter 26, sat bhave sadhu bhave cha sad ityetat prayujyate prashaste prashaste karmani tata sat chabda parata yujyate the term sat is used in the sense of existence and goodness and so also Arjuna the word is applied to an auspicious action so sata means of the nature of existence he is the very nature of existence and especially the commentators say that he is especially the nature of the good and the pious because the good and the pious people they they recognize that is the very symptom of a pious person. A pious person is one who recognizes the existence of God. That's the basic definition. Vishnu bhakta smito daiva asuras tadviparyayaha. One who recognizes or who's a devotee of Vishnu and we can extend that broadly to one who recognizes the existence of God, whichever name according to the culture they may be in, that is pious. And there are others who don't want to recognize that he exists at all. So he is the basis of existence for everything, everyone, everywhere, at all times, no doubt. But especially that is applied, he is the, he is the very existence of the good because and those who are pious, those who are devotees, they, they don't want to exist without him. They, they're, they're very feeling, the very meaning of their life is he, Krishna. Nothing can exist without him. And Parashara Bhatta 
quotes Bhagavad Gita again in this regard. Bhagavad Gita, chapter 10, text 39. Yachcha pisarava bhutanam bijang tadaham arjuna natadasti vinayatsyat maya bhutam characharam I, Krishna says, also, I am also that which is the seed of all beings. I am the seed of all living beings. He means the source of their very existence. Nothing that moves or is stationary can exist without me. These are the two main categories of existence. Charachara, moving and non-moving. Jangam Stavara. V. V. Ramanujan refers to a, a text, a devotees praying to Vishnu, without you we do not exist, and as for you, if you are if we are not the ones you protect, there's nothing else, no one else for you to protect. So we cannot imagine existing without you. We do exist because of you. And from your point of view also, your promise is to protect your devotees. So here we are. We're trying to be your devotees, so you should protect us. He is the existence of everything that exists. Nothing can exist without him. Shankaracharya the guru of the Mayavadis, unsurprisingly, he quotes from Chandogya Upanishad, Ekam evadvitiyam, the supreme is one without a second. So this is the Mayavad idea, that ultimately everything is one only, commonly known as Advaitavad, Kevala Advaitavad. There's only oneness. And which raises the question of, well, doesn't look like that. There appears to be a high level of variegatedness. But the, the Mayavadis say, no, Ekam Evad Vitiyam. See, the Shastra says there's only one and there's no. There's nothing else. Well, well, it is not exactly that. It says there's one and there's not a second. Uh, but of course, these Upanishads, the commentators, is not only the Mayavadis who comment on them. The great Vaishnava Acharyas also do so. And bring out the actual meaning. The meaning should it, it should be in consonance with reality. And if we say, according to Shankara, all that we see as reality, it's all just an illusion, because everything's one. Um, the Vaishnava Acharyas point out that it's real, and although Vishnu is all of existence, but he's still the original one, and there's no second means that there's no there's no second power like he there's he is original if we see in the sense of uh 
Bhutva, Bhutva, Praliyate, everything comes into being and is destroyed. So he's, when everything merges into the uh, Mahavishnu, during the long time of his, uh, of his breathing in, then again everything comes from him. So he's the one before there's any Brahma, before there are any Prajapatis, before there are any Rudras in this material world. He is that one, and there's no other one, and all existence comes from him. So this is how the Vaishnava Acharyas properly describe it. Uh, Shankaracharya, he gives the meaning existence without, and he, he says there's, there's no difference within him or within that, the one, that the, the existence of the Supreme, there's neither Sajati Abhid nor uh, Vijati Abhid. The, there are two basic kinds of differences. Uh, one is that uh, within, within a genus or species, there are differences. So you can see there's, there is a herd, a herd of cows. So they're all cows, but each cow is different to the other. And vijati abhid means um, <clears throat> that one species is different to another. A dog is different to a cat. A human is different to a dog. So these are different kinds of differences. And Shankara says in the Supreme, there is no any such kind of difference. And therefore, ex he's just pure existence. That's all. Just pure existence. Sat. We also accept that. that the Krishna is Satchirananda Vigraha. He's a very form of Sat, existence. Chit pure consciousness, and ananda, pure bliss. So sata means existence, <clears throat> but it's not, it's not devoid of consciousness, and consciousness means consciousness of everything, not of one non-thing. And ananda, what is the ananda of the Supreme? The ananda of the Supreme is his loving dealings, his loving pastimes with his devotees. So the Vaishnavas also accept that in the Supreme there are different, uh, there are no differences because he is one of a kind. Vishnu is one of a kind. There, there, there's not many, just like there are many humans, there are not many gods because Ekam evadvitiyam. He's the only one. So, although he takes many forms, as ah, so many forms he takes: Matsya, Korma, Varaha, Narasingha, Vamana, Parashuram, and so on. He takes so many forms, but he is one, although manifested in various forms. <clears throat> ah. 
So in this way, the Vaishnavas, they, they, we, we can accept Shankara's explanation, but not exactly in the way that he or his followers understand it. Uh, so the, the knowledge, actual knowledge, means to see oneness of everything. That's true. Because everything, everything rests on Krishna. Everything exists within Krishna, who is the ultimate seat of all existence. Uh, he's one without a second. He's pure existence. Because he's, he's unchanging... He's never subject to aging. Uh, the Chandogya Upanishad also gives, gives different qualities of that one supreme, Vijara. He's free from old, old age, Vimrityu. He doesn't die, Satya Sankalpa. It, all his uh, decisions, his resolutions, they come to be, and so on. Everything else is, there. there is this difference that everything else, everything in this material world is subject to destruction. Therefore, its existence is temporary. But he is pure existence because he never dies. He never changes. Uh, in Buddhist philosophy, there's this idea that nothing actually exists because everything is changing all the time. So you can't, if you say, if you say this thing exists, well, the next second it's changed, at least, at the very least, at the microscopic level. So you can't say that this thing exists because it's changed. Well, it's something like the river, the river is always flowing, but you, can you, st there's a, a it's the kind of thing that comes up in philosophy. Can you step into the same river twice? Yeah, sure you can, but no, because it's different. It's, you, you perceive it to be the one thing, but it's actually changing all the time. So in this way, the Buddhists conclude that there is, there is no actual existence of anything. But the Vedantists, those who know the Upanishads, either impersonalists or personalists, they know that there is permanent existence, which is the background of everything. It's, uh, it's like the, in the kaleidoscope, everything, is ch everything changes all the time, but the little crystals within the, colored crystals within the kaleidoscope they're within, they are within the kaleidoscope. They're, they're sitting in a particular place and therefore they're able to be perceived. So there's a, they're not just some crystals or some impression which is uh, always changing, but there, there's a background to that also. So to see this background, this, the, that Vishnu is ever existing, that is essential unless we want to get into some nihilistic and literally in in an 
philosophical term, unrealistic, unrealistic understanding, either in the common sense sense of the word, the Buddhism is unrealistic. For that matter, the Mayavad of Shankara is also unrealistic to say that everything in this world it doesn't really exist because it's temporary. Well, in one sense you can say that's true, but it does have existence also. It's, it's temporary, but we can't say it's non-existent. Uh, the example given, story is told, of the <clears throat> student who learned that from his guru he learned everything is one, everything is God. So thinking like this, one day he walked out into the marketplace and he saw people scattering here and there and they called out, watch out, there's a mad elephant. But he thought, well, I'm, I'm God, the elephant's God and what's the difference? So the elephant came and threw him out of the way, he broke his legs and then later he asked his guru, what happened? I'm God, the elephant's God, and why did the elephant throw me? And he said, well, didn't you hear the, the other gods telling you to get out of the way? <laughs> so you may say, you can use that example also, that misplaced understanding of how we are all part of the Supreme, to say that, well, you can say the elephant doesn't exist. You can say that uh, coronavirus doesn't exist. You can, you can propound it as a philosophical theorem, but then uh, you get coronavirus and you can, you can philosophize it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist, but then you're sick. So it's temporary, so we can't say it's the supreme existence, but it exists also. And, but all existence rests on the supreme existence and that is Vishnu. It's not such a difficult thing to understand, but this too much philosophy makes people's brain gets a short circuit. They're trying to work all these things out. But it, it, no need to get into all these complex things. It's a simple thing to understand. We all exist. What is the basis of existence? The supreme existence. Who is that supreme existence? That is Krishna, who is the supreme kind, the supreme loving, the supreme beautiful. That's all simple. There is big philosophy for people who want big philosophy, and other people can just chant Hare Krishna and purify their existence. Satyadeva Vashishta gives another meaning uh, that he protects everyone and everything, and no one else is capable of protecting or preserving himself. It is very important to understand that he is protecting us, he is preserving us. Krishna, 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 Rakshamam. Krishna, 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 Pahimam. Krishna protects us. Krishna preserves us. We can uh, we can we, we, we can think I'm protecting and preserving myself 
But ultimately, everything in his hand is in his hands. You may be have a very strong. This morning, I heard a devotee explain to me. I never heard of it before. Something called ultimate fighting, in which he t he told me that is a relatively new form of sport, if you want to call it sport, in which you fighters they can fight, and it's really dirty and. Uh, you kind of people are almost killed, and in blood and everything that you can you can jab them with your elbow, punch them in the face, and do all kinds of things. And uh, so someone he, he told me because he's from Croatia, and he said the world champion is from Croatia in this kind of fighting is from Croatia, or someone from Kazakhstan or something. I don't know. Sounded absolutely. Oh, horrible, horrible what they're doing. Anyway, you can be very strong and very powerful and you can, with your big muscles, you can pulp others. A little coronavirus can come along and wipe you out. And you'll get old, however big and strong your body is. So we should understand. Rakshisha Titi Vishvaso. Krishna is the one who preserves and maintains physically and most importantly spiritually. We are dependent on him, which is another way of saying he is the basis of our existence. Even if we mistakenly consider the present body that we're in to be our actual existence, this existence also depends on him. Another meaning, this is from the Madhva Sampradaya. Vishnu is called Sata because he has all the auspicious qualities in, in abundance and has no defects at all, even by an iota. So that corresponds with excellence. Uh, Ananta Kalyana Guna. He is all auspicious qualities in abundance unlimited qual unlimited qualities and unlimited in extent so that's another way we can see the name sata now baladevidya bhushan oh okay i'll do some more from the madva sampradaya first before you go to baladev um sata he is called sata because he's always happy and is in bliss. And he makes others also happy, especially the devotees. Who's, who's listening to this? Who's going to listen? Those who are devotees, people who are interested in ultimate fighting and go-kart racing and whatever other multiple diversions have been invented by various people in the present day and age. That won't make you happy. You, but you won't find happiness in Krishna because you're searching for happiness in that. So people are listening to these discussions of Bhagavatam, Vishnu Sahasranam. They become happy by the tried, true, eternal process of always remembering Krishna. It makes them happy. How does he make them happy? By appearing in their hearts, 
by appearing directly before them. We find there are so many instances in the Bhagavatam. We find the description, Krishna leaves the gopis in the rasa dance. They're feeling totally distraught. And he comes, he comes back, ah, they become happy. There's one chapter of Bhagavatam, which Srila Prabhupada translates in his Krishna book, giving the title, Krishna pleases his devotees. Because when Krishna came to Mathura, brought in by, he was brought there by Uncle Akrura, Akrura said, now you please come to my house. And Krishna said, well, I'll come, but not just now. I have, I have some things to do first, like killing Kangsa. <laughs> I have some important business. I'll come to your house later. So Krishna didn't forget. Often people, we ask them to do something and they, they invite them or something. They say, I, I, I've just got something to do. I'll do it later. And we know it's an excuse. They're just avoiding. Uh, and also when Krishna just entered Mathura, he uh, saw one hunchback who was bringing sandalwood paste for the king. And Krishna said, hey, how about giving some of that to me? And he said, yeah, okay, fine, hunchback girl. So she applied that on Krishna and Balaram. And Krishna thought, oh, she loves me, okay. And he, he put his he put his feet on her feet and yanked her up. She became straight. And all of a sudden she was not a hunchback girl, but very beautiful. And she immediately asked Krishna, Oh, why don't you come to my house? Make me happy. Krishna said, okay, later. So Krishna pleases his devotees. This chapter describes how Krishna, he visited Akrura, and Kubja, Trivik, Trivakra, just to make them happy. He went to visit them. There are so many instances. Krishna visited Mithila, the city of Mithila, especially to please the king who was known as Bahulashva, who is his great devotee, and also to please a very poor brahmana named Shutadev who was his great devotee. So Krishna went such a long way just to please his devotees, to make them happy. And he's very kindly appeared in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam just to make us happy. That's all Krishna... Actually, that's all Krishna's interested in, is making everyone happy. He's so nice. Ah, yes. Another another reason. Um, Madhvacharya, in his Bhagavat Tatparya Nirnai, under the uh, Canto 2, Chapter 7, Text 50, Iti Brahmande, quotes from Brahmanda Purana, Satadir Yatsvata Vishnu Tasmat Anya Saravataha Yatsatadir Atonyasya he is called Sata because he's independent in a manner that is not possible for others. Absolutely independent. That's Vishnu as the Supreme Lord. And we know also 
that he who is fully independent is aham bhakta paradhinaha, dependent on his devotees. Now, Baladevidya Bhushan. He gives an entirely different understanding of this name, Satta. He has the habit of going, Sattum, to the Pandavas and the residents of Raja. And in this regard, Srila is a habit of going, going to his devotees. That means he's re residing in Dwaraka, but he goes away to visit other devotees elsewhere. Baladevidya Bhushan, in this regard, quotes Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanta 1, Chapter 11, Text 9, in which the inhabitants of Dwaraka addressed Krishna. Yahyam Bhujakshapasasarabho. Whoops, I'll tr try that again. Yahyam Bhujakshapasasarabho Bhavan Kurun Madhun Vata Suhriddhi Drikshaya Tabdrabdha Koti Pratimakshano Bhavet O Lotus-Eyed Lord, Ambujaksha, whose eyes are just like Ambuja, the flower which grows in the water. O Lotus-Eyed Lord, Whenever you depart to Hastinapur, that means going to see the Pandavas, or Vraja, desiring to see your friends, a moment seems to us like millions of years. And that is the name Sattā from Vishnu Sahasranāma. <clears throat> 